Hi, everyone. Before we start the show today, I just wanted to give you a little heads up about the audio quality on this particular episode. Fittingly, for a review of Love on a Leash, we had myriad sound issues throughout the show. We do have new equipment, and we're self-producing now, so... You know what? It was bound to happen. Glad we got it out of the way. I think we fixed the issue. Won't be a problem moving forward. But just so you know, in this episode, sound quality is not so great. Sounds like we recorded it live from old Farmer Johnson's well. We fell in the well, and someone needs to save us from the well. That didn't happen. We're not in a well. We're fine. We're fine. Audio quality, not great. But if you've seen Love on a Leash, guess what? The audio quality is not great. So it works, and hopefully you enjoy the show. I'm Alvin Flang. Alvin Flagg. Yeah, this is Alvin Flagg cameo for the intro. I'm a dog, and I'm a dog, and I'm walking around, walking on the street, and it hurts my feet, cause I'm a dog, who was a man, my name is Arnie Flang, or Arvid Flang, or Larry Flang, but it never comes up again, I'm a dog. And you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you listeners send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, and... That sound drop was intentional. <laughs> With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. As Corky said on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. And yikes, a hootie. <laughs> Did you imagine something pretty goddamn unwatchable? When we take these unwatchable movies, we watch them, bless our hearts, and we review and rate them on our unique system. We give a run-of-the-mill bad film a dare, just a regular old dare. We give a double dare rating to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing Love on a Leash, a romantic comedy which have, should have neither of those words describing this movie, about a woman who falls in love with a dog. I mean, that's broad strokes, but woo, there's not, a lot more going on here. I'm not even convinced she ever falls in love with the dog. <laughs> oversimplifies it to... A ridiculous degree. We're also going to read a couple movie dares sent in by our listeners. But before we get started... Morally obligated. Yeah, that's true. Dan is going to tell us about the beer we're drinking during the show. Today on the show, we got a movie about a dog. So let's have a lead dog beer. This is lead dog brewing out of Reno, Nevada. We are drinking their The Dankster Double IPA. It's a big old double IPA with Columbus and Mosaic hops. It is 8.8% alcohol by volume. 85 IBUs. Corky, they triple dry hop thing, this. Yeah, everyone's all, I double dry hop this, I double dry hop that. They triple dry hopped it. They just threw those hops in there. What they, do you think of it? They triple dog dared us. <laughs> I, I gotta say, uh, for a movie that I didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. I just knew how to involve a dog, this is exactly what you expect to be. It is hoppy, it is delicious. Big dank, double IPA, classic that, stuff. Yeah. And now, our feature presentation. Love on a Leash. Wow. Mm. This week's dare comes to us from Erica Schultz, 
who is the host of a wonderful podcast called the Customers Also Watch Podcast. Thank you for the dare and sharing this movie with us, Erica. Thank you, Erica. Her dare goes like this. This movie is a triumph of ineptitude. There is no score or soundtrack, so I thought my TV was messed up at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Nothing makes sense, characters are color-coded, and everything is just hilariously bad. It's a train wreck from which you can't look away. As a side note, should you choose to cover this movie, the audience scores on sites slash apps such as Rotten Tomatoes, Amazon, and Letterboxd are completely skewed because a YouTuber, Ralph the Movie Maker, told all of his subscribers to rate it 5 stars or 10 out of 10 or whatever. IMDb synopsis of Love on a Leash. Love takes a furry twist in this slice of romantic comedy. A young woman falls for a stray dog with a secret. By night, it becomes a man. Follow the journey of the golden retriever and the friend who gives him a home. So, Quirky, just a little peek behind the curtain here. When I'm putting together the scripts for an episode, yeah. I, I go out and I do a, a cursory amount of research for it. For this bare minimum. Bare minimum. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know your quality. I Perfunctory as fuck. Sure. I call it perfunctory. Wikipedia or nothing. <laughs> Basically, I go to Rotten Tomatoes, I go to Metacritic, I go to Box Office Mojo, I to be, I compile data from there. Do a Google search. Probably never go past page one. <laughs> Check the Wikipedia page. You know, I might, you know, if there's a citation, I might go follow the citation. But it's basic stuff. Basic stuff. Love on a Leash confounded even that lazy-ass web research. It is almost impossible to find information about this movie. There is no Wikipedia page. <laughs> that that doesn't have a Wikipedia That boggles my mind. <laughs> there are no critics' reviews on Rotten Tomato. No page on Metacritic. No page on Box Office Mojo. Google search is just basically nothing. Here's what we know. Here's what we know now for facts. Here's what we can prove. Here's what we can put together. We're going to try to cobble some theories out of this. Love on a Leash was released direct-to-video in 2011. Premiered on DVD in August 2013. It was written and directed by Chinese filmmaker Fen Chan. Fen Chan, also known by Jennifer Fen. Okay. Is why there's some confusion about, oh, did Jennifer Fenn direct it? But Jennifer Fenn is basically, you know, like a, a lot of Asian people when they move to an English-speaking country, they will have a, a Western name. Yes. So she's Jennifer Fenn. Okay. But she's Fenn Chan. That's who she is. She's a Chinese filmmaker. She was in her 60s when this movie was made. Her only other film, this is her first film. Her only other film is an interracial love story called Forbidden Kiss. If you have a taboo... Fen Chan is coming for it with a sledgehammer. And she's going to shatter that thing. Fen Chan died. She's dead. Oh. In March of 2018. She is dead. No more. But the cinema, Corky, the cinema is eternal. <laughs> she live on. It is eternal. The films live. Years later, the film did find a new audience courtesy of, you guessed it, my notes. YouTuber Ralph the Movie Maker? <laughs> what is your whole generation? Millennials. He discovered the film, and for some reason, I my guess was the terribleness of the internet and everything it touches. He told his followers to go out and give it the highest rating on all movie review sites, so it has 100% user rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 9.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which makes it the highest rated film of all time. 57% of letterbox ratings give it five stars. It's about the same for Amazon ratings. Quirky. Yeah. Love on a Leash. 
it has all these absolutely uh, spiked user ratings. That's obvious that this is a fake thing that people have gone out and and uh, facetiously rated it five stars and ten of ten and all this other thing because someone on the internet told them to do it. Sure, and they're a bunch of goddamn lemmings. Yeah, you've seen Love on a Leash now. Is it fake news or is it the real deal? <laughs> all right, so. I'm a middle-aged man who's... I'm just going to try to embrace this phenomenon. (laughs) I'm going to say what Ralph the Movie Maker did is really no different than what the movie makers... Or all movie makers do when they put together a movie poster. Right. They try to give you the most idealized version (laughs) of what that movie is. I've watched the Ralph the Movie Maker review where he tells people, okay. and he, do, he doesn't make a big deal of it. He just says one thing. Hey, let's all just give this person some credit because they made the movie they wanted to make. And people just went fucking nuts they with went, that. They went so with it. you can directly blame him, but he didn't like yeah. actively troll. Fair enough. Uh, looking at the low-res movie poster that's put together for Love on a Leash. <laughs> it's the idealized version. That's actively trolling the audience because that movie does not exist. This is mind-boggling. It is it baffling. Really is. It, it really is. It is so hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw those ratings online, usually when you, you're looking at ratings for a movie, there's a bell curve. Yeah. That all kind of meets at some kind of apex. This has like a reverse bell curve, <laughs> right? Because a bunch of people have gone on and rated it five stars, but then other people have been like, what? This is five stars. They watched it and gave it half star. Yeah. Again, at first I was blaming just the terribleness of the internet and all that it touches and just poisons everything it's like ice nine. It's just, just like kills us all. Yeah. Having watched the film, there really are only two appropriate ratings for this film. Uh-huh. Whatever is the highest rating and whatever is the lowest rating. You can't possibly give this movie two and a half stars and no. be like, you know what? I like some things, but I had a couple of issues. No fucking way. You are all in or all out on this movie. That is... All in or all out. Yep, exactly. You cannot just be like, oh, it's it's okay. Yeah, Yeah. like mixed bag? Mixed bag? No! No, not at all. Yeah, this movie was like, imagine if Michael Scott (laughs) did a remake of Look Who's Talking Now, (laughs) which is the third Look Who's Talking movie where there's talking animals. (laughs) Now imagine that, and then imagine a version of that that is... Literally 10 million times worse. Yeah. Like, so much lower in production values and self-awareness than, than that could Michael Scott be. made it, and then he gave it to Kevin to edit. <laughs> so, as the Send the Dare, there's no musical score. But... No sound effects, really. And there, no even ambient sound. No, there's, there's... There's just long passages of silence. There's literally no sound. Yeah. They don't get the, the ambient noise in scenes. And it's... There are some movies, like, if you watch, like, a... Bellatar film or like some some of the heavy foreign films, right? Like they or, or an independent movie, they won't have a score, you know. But but it's just like it's a really intense fucking movie, and they're not edited to the rhythms of a score. This is edited to some kind of rhythms, yeah. like the rhythms here that demands music and sound effects and things, and it's not happening. So you have all these montages where people are like frolicking around, and there's this rhythmic editing, and there's no music. And why are they frolicking? And what is the rhythm? And here's the thing, speaking of the editing, and I want to be careful because everything we bring up can lead us to another point, but the editing, I think maybe this is why it took off with YouTubers, because yes. it's edited like a YouTuber comment or review. So it's so over-edited. They edit before people finish lines, yeah. and then you see a shot of ducks, and then they're back to another scene, maybe the same location, same conversation, 
But they put some ducks in there. Yeah, but it was so... What was with the ducks? Dude, the ducks drove me insane. First season Tony Soprano wasn't as consumed <laughs> with watching ducks as this movie is. And it's with the ducks. I couldn't believe the ducks. Yeah, absolutely abysmal production values. Acting, editing, writing. The sound, as you said, just cuts out randomly. Like, the sound editing is absolutely brutal. Uh, all of the ADR dialogue is horrible. And I take it slightly, like I said, it's hard to find any information about how this movie was made or any background on this movie. I found a little bit, and we have, we have some time at the end, I'll kind of go through it. But I take a little bit of offense with Ralph the Movie Maker's suggestion that this is the movie she wanted to make. <laughs> because what it feels like is a movie that she made, she put together a rough cut that did not have a finished soundtrack or sound effects, and someone said, yeah, we're not going to give you the money to make that. Let's just give it to some guy, and he'll do some ADR. He'll just improv some ADR stuff for the dog, and then we'll slap it on the Amazon, and that's it. But it, that does not feel like the movie she wanted to make. I think that that I think you're 100 percent that that definitely came later. Someone who did not watch the movie, who had no idea, was told improv. This dog loves women. This dog is cursed. Yeah, just do a thing. go with that. Do a song. Film. There's just fill time, and holy crap! And whoever time. whoever that guy is, because it's not the same guy who is the dog no. in the movie. Whoever the guy is, watched Teddy Rex, got inspired by George Newberry, scatting and filling for Teddy Rex, and said, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. And this is kind of an issue with any sort of, like, body switch movie. But it, it, there's always this dichotomy between, like, how they are as the regular person and then how they are when they're switched. Oh, yeah. Because, like, when he is Prince the dog, because when he is Prince the human, he is sincere he is thoughtful, he is kind, he's really quiet, and then when he's Prince the Dog, he is a crass, snarky douche. Yeah. It's a completely different character. It's like those body switch movies. Like where, Father, like, like Son. Yes. Dudley Moore was uh, uh, gum-chewing, wisecracking, and Kirk Cameron was a normal kid. a normal kid, yeah. Or like vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine like Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold meeting on set like Fred Savage is like, hey, I'm Fred Savage. Um, this is probably how I'm going to do the characters. I'm going to talk. I actually am just a normal kid. And then Judge Reinhold's like, okay, this is my version of it. Radical man! Oh no! Yeah! Your like, butt <laughs> smells! Kiss <laughs> it's gross! Excuse me, sir. My name is Fred Savage and I will be respected. <laughs> okay! No, he did! <laughs> Should we get into the movie? Let's go. Okay, so it is baffling. As many people point out, baffling from the beginning because the movie just starts. There's a bunch of shots of this dog, this golden retriever, running around on this uh, playground and in this park. And there's no sound. Not only no music, but there's no sound. There's no ambient sound. There's no sound effects. There's no music. There's no score. There's nothing on the soundtrack. And you go like, oh, fuck. What did I do? Like, is this on mute? Like, is my TV working? Do I have my TV turned down? Is my computer muted? Yeah. Is just the video part muted? Like, what's happening? You fumble around for like 30 seconds, and then all of a sudden, the dog starts talking. I'm watching all these bad movies recently. It's like, <laughs> I know we're in for some shit when I see like 20 movie production logos. Oh, right. Also, now I've realized, oh, I'm in for a bad thing when I see like no movie production <laughs> no, logos. No one wanted to be associated <laughs> But seriously, how easy would it have been to put any score on this movie? Anything. There's free stuff out there yeah. that you could just get. Mary Had a Little Lamb is three notes. <laughs> it's in the public domain. Can you not find a composer who do three notes? No, but somebody has a composer credit. Did <laughs> right? you see that? Who the fuck is the 
composing this shit? I, I, I scrambled my brain thinking, what composer? Oh, yeah. Is it the singing improv? Just the dog part? Because that's the only music in this movie. Oh my god. But yeah, suddenly the dog speaks, and it's in the voice of what I would describe as a bad Seth Rogen impression. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden he just says, where is everybody? Where are the ladies at? No girls, no fun. And then as a child is petting it, he says, Hey, lay off, man. I'm not gay. <laughs> and Judge Reinhold was in the recording booth giving him a high five. <laughs> nailed it, buddy. Fucking I, nailed it. So I knew this movie was about a cursed dog right. was a man. If I hadn't known that, I can't imagine what anybody's watching this what? movie is like, what is happening? Yeah, because the movie does not help you out with that information. And then it's constantly contradicting itself. Oh, yeah. So, we don't know that... So, would you say the villain of this movie is a pond? Every line... The villain is a pond. He says, you laughing at me, water pond? Water pond! That's the only type of pond! <laughs> you don't need to specify. There's not other ponds! What are the fucking other ponds that you see? Oh my god. But yes, the villain is a water pond. We're 30 seconds into the movie. Yeah! So he just runs up to the water, the dog, and yells, You laughing at me, water pond? How dare you? And these purple and yellow sparks come out, and this female voice is talking to the dog. And this is like what has cursed the dog, is this water pond. Maybe. And these purple and yellow sparks. And when the purple and yellow sparks come up, as though this isn't ugly enough, that this is where we actually do get a sound effect on the soundtrack, which is this gross churning noise. <laughs> where it's just like... <laughs> He's like, what the fuck is that? The souls of actual movie makers being crumbled and crushed. But yeah, the purple and yellow sparks say something. We still have no idea what's happening. He runs into a tree in like this POV shot and he goes, oh, I'm a dog now. <laughs> He's been a dog the entire time. We're not a, we This no dog, though, is horny. This dog, this dog wants to fuck. He's looking around for women. Where are all the women? I want women. I want women. I he want doesn't women. say women. He says girls. Yeah, he wants girls. No girls, no fun. Where are the ladies at? So we meet now Lisa. Lisa is a shy blonde girl. Lisa likes the color green. Lisa, she specifically likes pastel lime green. Lisa, every, people are color coded in this movie. Yes. And this is something I didn't notice until the second watch where I told my girlfriend, I'm like, you gotta fucking watch this movie. <laughs> so, Lisa, we find throughout the movie, likes this pastel green. Her yes. clothes, her apartment, everything. everything. Her friend Paula, yeah. who she's sunbathing with in this, in this introductory, pink. likes pink. Everything pink. Her clothes, her hair. <laughs> Except in this scene, if you look... They're laying on opposite towels. So oh. Lisa Green is laying on a pink towel. Paula Pink is laying on the screen. They couldn't get that fucking right on the day of the shoot. <laughs> no continuity whatsoever. So yeah, Lisa is a shy girl, and her friend. What's her friend's name? Paula. Paula is much more forward. Paula tells Lisa, "Virginity is so yesterday," and then runs off to like fuck a bunch of dudes who she just sees in the park. Apparently, she's just like, "Oh, men." Here I come. They're sunbathing at a park where there's cars like driving by right next to it. Lisa, while uh, Paula runs off to have group sex in the park, king a lot, prays to find a real man. She just starts praying. She <laughs> says, says, God, please send me a real man. Send me a real man. And the dog sees this and is like, hey No, the dog sees this and there's an ominous voice over it goes, you don't need a God. You need me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Jim Jones territory. So you think, okay, well, the dog will run up to her at the park, right? 
Next scene, he's just at a gas station. Yeah. And she's getting gas. She's in different clothes now. Still wearing green, but she's in different clothes. He's filthy. And, and he is like, he's just at the gas station and, and runs into her again at the gas station. It's so bizarre, it doesn't dude. Make any, there's just the continuity does not exist from scene to scene or even shot to shot. No. It, 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 like, figure it out yourself, man. So Lisa sees this filthy dog at the gas station and, of course, says, all right, put it in my VW Bug. <laughs> I'm taking him home. She takes him home, and there's, like, these weird sexy noises as she bathes the dog. Before the dog goes into the bath, though, he runs up her stairs and goes, what, no elevator? This is the level of the improv that this guy was working on the whole time. It's like, okay, there's a dog running up the stairs. So you got some Just fat. comment on what, what you see. What, no elevator? Oh, and then he just leaves. He just leaves. This is effective storytelling. Yes. He's just like... Yeah, it took three scenes to get him into her apartment, and then he leaves. Just take him home from the day you were sunbathing. We're now at a scene of a woman trying on clothes in a very cramped close-up upskirt shot. Yeah. This is Lisa's workplace. She works at a discount clothing store. She works in the corner of a place they could shoot at. That's where she works. (laughs) And this woman who is Lisa, because Lisa is just a terrible person, is like, she refuses to sell a dress to this woman because the dress is too small. But we get fart sounds from yes, the woman trying to the woman tries to pack herself into the dress, and it's like... Pfft. And then she's like, I'll take the dress. And Lisa's like, no, the dress is too small. I can't sell it to you. <laughs> like, what? Fatty. Like, you fat pig. Richard Curtis. She's like a normal woman, too. Yeah. She's like absolutely a normal fucking woman. Yeah, this is a Richard Curtis scene, absolutely. She gets uh, chastised by her boss, who's, who's a slimy salesman. Says, of course, I'll sell you that dress, ma'am. And then while uh, this happens... A co-worker. I assumed he was a co-worker. I, I thought he was the boss. Yeah. And then this guy comes in and says, I'm the boss. Yeah, right. He, but this guy seems to have a lot of money. <laughs> That's what I couldn't understand. <laughs> like the they make a big deal about how he's going to be taking her to Paris. This guy works at the same fucking dress shop that she does. <laughs> it it's just he gets to hold the clipboard. But yeah, this other guy, this Asian guy, Kyle. Kyle. He asked Lisa out for a date. Um, and you're like, oh, he's the manager. Then the other guy... The guy with the mustache. I don't think he ever has a name. He's, he says he's the manager. What? I mean, it's just what? Fuck ever. So now the dog... Out of nowhere, the dog just says that his name is Alvin Flank. Yes. <laughs> and it never comes up again for the rest of the movie. It is. This is how you know that this was two separate movies. The, the guy doing the VO only brings up the Alvin Flank thing. That never comes up with the other people. And he's just like, my name is Alvin Flank. Say it, man. It's like, my name is... Alvin Flang. Hi, my name is my name is <laughs> Alvin Flangy. <laughs> so the dog now is back with Lisa, and he he picks out her clothes for her. Yeah, because he's really a human, right? So he's can see colors through a dog's eyes. So Lisa goes to. <laughs> A discount clothes store. A different discount clothes store, I think. Where people are, like, rooting through piles of clothes. <laughs> you just on the grab floor. dresses off Literally, the floor. Literally, there is a pile of clothes on the floor, and people are, like, wrestling each other <laughs> for these clothes. And the dog goes into the pile. Again, this is a completely different discount clothes store than the one that she works at. <laughs> when the dog picks out this shirt to match the... Top the massive bottom, whatever. Someone steps up and is like, Hi, I'm a huge talent agent. I want to use your dog. And she's like, Nah, you can't do that. That's also like, What? Later on, we find out this guy really is a huge talent yeah. agent who is just hanging out at this discount clothing store, rooting through a pile of clothes on the floor. Yeah. 
as you do what? as a successful talent agent. It's not like they met in like a nice store. It wasn't Nordstrom's or anything. It was like <laughs> the dog out of nowhere. I mean, these scenes just they they are so yeah. choppy. They go out of nowhere. But I, all I wrote down was this is the first of two times that he says, "I need doggy Prozac." That's right. Yeah, that comes back later in the exact same joke. This is the first time I wrote, the fuck is happening? That, that was the first? That was the first time. Like, one second into this movie is what I was thinking that. So we find out that her boss is really creepy. The manager guy who looks like, uh, I don't know, Kenny Loggins in yes. the 80s. He comes up and says, you got a spider on your back. <laughs> and then just starts rubbing his dick on her back. Yes. I mean, basically. <laughs> it's very, very forward. She gets a call. Lisa gets a call from her mom, who is inex. Lisa gets a call from her mom, who is inexplicably lit like a horror film. Yeah. Okay. So she is like in a rocking chair, backlit, like it, it's like Psycho. Yeah. Or I thought it was like Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, there's there's a couple times in this movie where it really flashed me back to Unsolved Mysteries, like in the '90s Unsolved Mysteries. This scene with the mom and all silhouetted in darkness in a rocking right. chair on the phone. Would have been the cut to when Robert Stack was talking about how they were tormented by phone calls <laughs> all the time. That, that's what they would show. They would show someone in silhouette yeah. or just their eyes. Lisa's mom, Lisa's mom, by the way, is amazing. The performance oh. of the film. That's in my in my eyes. Uh, I'm going to give that to Rita, the mom's friend. But them well, together is a powerhouse. That's fair. That's fair. Can we just call them the screen couple of the year? <laughs> yes, granted. <laughs> so uh, Lisa's mom is like, Lisa, I hear that you're dating two men. And, and uh, Lisa's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Mom, but there's two guys and they like me. And, and Lisa's mom's like, no, Lisa, I think you should date four or five men. <laughs> mom goes for it. like that. So, while Lisa is like, she has two pictures of her herbos, yeah. Kyle, who is again, the maybe store owner, possibly, some guy, he's rich. Kyle, the rich Asian guy, and Frank, the weird guy with the overbearing mom. She's did, looking at two pictures But of did him. we skip the overbearing mom scene when she meets No, 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 we didn't okay. skip that yet. <laughs> this movie is in random order. <laughs> so, she has these two pictures. He eats the pictures. Uh, Prince the dog. He's not named Prince yet. He's just the dog. He eats the pictures. And he says the line, one of these tastes Japanesey, right? <laughs> oh, now we meet Frank's overbearing mother, who tells Lisa, you need to get married to, to Frank, but first, I want you to get your tubes tied. Yes! Like, I command you to get your tubes tied and raise my genius grandson. She's wearing this dress for four days in a row that she's on this date. And I thought they were at a restaurant because every shot of the mom is through this fish tank. This fish tank should get double bill. <laughs> they, do, they, shoot, <laughs> they shoot through the fish tank so you see the mom. And then the mom just starts casually talking about how she's a gynecologist and can tie her tubes for Yeah. Her. I and do it. I've done it for hundreds of people. <laughs> Lisa, who does not pick up a fork and jam it in this woman's eye, yeah, is like, okay, this is what I got to do as da- a dating okay. woman in L.A. So that's 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 the sacrifice I need to make. Sure, I've had worse offers. So this is where Lisa actually does name the dog Prince 
and I think she's just sort of deciding like men are men are terrible. And this is like the theme of the movie is that boy the men in her life are absolutely everybody fucking garbage. Everybody They're is awful, horrible, horrible people. But she's not so great herself. I will oh, say. Oh boy, she's not. So she names the dog Prince, and her friend Paula says that Prince has quote beautiful eyes like a good lover. What? This woman, I didn't catch that. She's, she looks at a dog and says he has eyes like a good lover. He has beautiful eyes like a good lover. That's the actual quote. And then walks to the kitchen, gets peanut butter out. <laughs> this is awful. So she, <laughs> Prince is out on the street again. Now he's just out on the street again. And he says the line, I need to do anything I can to get it back inside of her heart-shaped box. <laughs> What? What? Are you just doing in utero lyrics now? What? How, how did that work? How did that work? Does he mean that like her vagina? I don't know. Is heart shaped? Oh god! I think he saw there's a she has a heart shaped bed, maybe. <laughs> did we skip the scene where it's all in fast motion of her just trying on clothes for the day and then she goes, I'm exhausted. Yes. And then he's like, We gotta call the ambulance. That's a whole scene. It's five seconds and it's amazing. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. There's the, that's the thing, is there's scenes like that where it's just like, here's just a, a cutaway scene and it's nothing. Yeah. And it's like, we just did that. We're just like, let's try this. Let's, yeah. try it. let's just do this. It's an HD camera. We're rolling and rolling and rolling, rolling. And interspersed with 20 shots of ducks. The same ducks on the same pond. The ducks, yeah. We forgot the t- there's ducks. There's just shots of ducks. It, and, and like every five minutes of some sort of a scene transition, it'll be like, Go back to the ducks. And it's not even, ducks. I swear to God, it's not even seen transitions. It's the, that scene where, uh, we, oh, we haven't got to it yet. Where Kyle proposes to her. After he leaves, we get a shot of the ducks. And then the boss walks in. It's the same. She's in the same position. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? The ducks the ducks are crazy. Are a mood change. I was like, what is with the ducks? I couldn't believe what the ducks were. Oh. Okay, ducks. So Kyle proposes, as you're suggesting, Kyle proposes a loveless marriage because he's gay. Uh, <laughs> I know this is really incre- incredibly racist of me. I know that. But when he was talking about how <laughs> he's like, Lisa, I care for you. I just care. you're such a super lady. I can't keep that. I always like you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but Kyle offers her... <laughs> so Kyle proposes a loveless marriage. He's gay, but he has to appease his family. You don't know. He really... offers her, quote, furs, diamonds. But she wants true love and rejects his tempting offer of dead animal pelts. Yeah, his tempting offer without a ring, by the without way. He's proposing... like, you want to get married? <laughs> Furs. I got furs and diamonds. I work at the same dress store as you do, though. I put. I promise. I'll support our child. And so this is where I was like, "Oh, this is even." I mean, I thought this was a really. I don't know. I was like, "Damn, this is actually kind of a because he's he's very traditional uh, Japanese man, and his family won't allow him to be gay, and he just needs a sham marriage." So like, that's really a tender, touching, dramatic piece. And then he's like, but you have to give me a kid. 
You must be a baby barn for me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, everybody in this movie's awful. Not so cute. So, yeah, she rejects that. She says she's holding out for true love. So she goes back home, and who shows up at her house but the no, store manager? No, 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 she doesn't go back home. She's at her home. She's just at she her She did home. not leave. Pond ducks. That's all that happened That's in between right. two. So she's like, get out of here. Kyle leaves. Get a shot of the pond ducks. And then all of a sudden, into the room, like, not even in the house, into the room. Just into the room. Watch the manager, who is dead drunk now. This is the guy with the mustache who was harassing her in the store earlier. And he's just, he attempts to rape her. Yes, he does. He breaks into her house and attempts to rape her. I gotta say, this guy's drunk acting. Uh, Foster Brooks eats her heart out. <laughs> this kid is a drunk. Like, did the Marquis decide write this script? Everyone who sees her tries to rape her. I know the Marquis decide decorated the sets because all they do is they hang up sheets <laughs> to act as doors. Or when they don't want to do night. Yes. Or day. But luckily, Prince saves the day. He runs in and yeah. yells, back off, she's mine. Like, that's what you're, like, what? That, <laughs> what? That's, ow. Yeah, that's the thing. His whole thing is like, back off, she's mine. Yeah. And then offers. This is like a really traumatic thing that's been happening to her right now. But anyway, so uh, Prince snarls and bites the guy. And the guy runs away and yells, you're fired. And she yells, I quit. And Prince says, you'll be a chihuahua. And joyfully is singing while Lisa weeps. <laughs> I'm the king of the castle. uncontrollably. Like, weeps. And then attempts suicide. What the fuck she is She attempts the suicide. Like, while this dog is, like, triumphantly singing. And w- the... the <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so the suicide attempt happens, right? Yeah. Prince rescues her by going and acting like he's dead himself and gets a car to pull over and rush. I don't know how the the, the guy decided to rush inside and see if there was a woman dying on the, in the floor. And then she's just running back. I mean, I guess from the hospital. We don't know. Yeah. All we get is a shot of her running up her steps. Prince, I'm home. I'm like, why is she back on the hospital? <laughs> Same clothes. And when Prince goes out again, like when he goes to stop the car, it's not like, oh my god, I love this woman. I, I'm I'm so in love with oh, her. Oh, that's right. That's life. right. He yells. If she OD'd, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, do you not love her? Like, do you not care? Like, what's this, this whole movie about love? It's a real Vincent Vega moment. Yeah, so she runs home and comes back, but then he's back out on the street again. Yeah. Because we get the doggy song. We get one of many doggy songs in this movie. You alluded to it at the beginning. The lyrics to this song, again, these are must-be improv lyrics. They must be! I can't believe I have to live on the street. Living on the street is hard, and it also hurts my feet, because I'm a dog, and it hurts my feet when it's hot outside, because I'm a dog. <laughs> that's, that's, that's in this movie. That's you're, the song. You're thinking that's not Alan Menken? That's not... <laughs> that's Menken and Ashman. That's yeah. classic. Oh, another great Rogers and Hart tune. Oh, my God. But, of course, there's no music. He's just doing a dumb singing thing. It's... Absolutely. So she goes to find Prince, and it's a rainy, rainy, stormy night. So, of course, she runs out with an umbrella, then chucks her umbrella at the top of her stairway case, <laughs> runs to a park looking for Prince, and Prince comes with the umbrella. Yeah. Earlier, Prince is setting some kind of rules to this curse. He's like, if she chooses one of these guys and gets married, I'm just, I'm a dog forever. What? Why? When did that yeah, happen? Yeah, we haven't, we haven't no, learned anything about that. No. It doesn't play by any kind of yeah. consistent Essentially, rules. Purple sparks coming out of the pond have cursed him. And he explains that he was cursed because in his past life, he was a playboy. Right. 
And now he needs to prove that he can be faithful and all of those yeah. things. So Prince turns into a naked man, a naked buff, hairless man, mm-hmm. who's wearing... I mean, okay, everybody looks like shit yeah. in this movie. Nobody yeah. worse than Lisa the star in oh, the yeah. movie. They make her... Not saying she's an unattractive woman. She's no, a delightfully she's lovely not, young woman. Not helped by the makeup, lighting, anything. Clothing. Color. Nothing fits her. It's just... Everybody looks like garbage. Yeah. And then this guy, who is a very svelte, athletic-looking man, is made to look horrible. <laughs> with his hair and the bags <laughs> under his eyes. That's <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, he turns out a man. She faints. He takes her home. He explains the curse, sort of. Um, they have this kind of awkward first sexual encounter. No, we got to spend a moment on that because that is the worst sex scene I've ever seen in my life. Nobody looks happy to be there. She's giggling like a child. It's so creepy. Every time he touches her, she giggles like she doesn't want it. I mean, he was like a dog 30 seconds ago. He doesn't doesn't look happy to be there. He undoes her shirt and she's wearing like an ace bandage around her tits. I don't know. And then you can see the actor. There was like, no bra budget on this fucking movie. The actor's like, let's turn off the light. <laughs> let's like, just not see what we're about to do here. <laughs> but whoops. He's only a man at night, it turns out, because those are the rules now. The rules of this are like constantly, you can't even figure it out. Because every time he's like, hey, I did it. And then he goes back to the pond. The pond's like... Uh, no, but you got to do something else. Yeah, something that's basically the same, but it's different. It's it's a real uh, what's that where somebody uh, it's it's a real extortion like the mob does. Right. Like, yeah. All right, you did this, but we're going to re up this bill. Like the 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 pawn keeps changing the stakes of this case. Exactly. Lisa, in one of the uh, stranger scenes in a film full of strange scenes, Lisa's she's playing a little a little frisky. Prince, the man, is doing dishes at the sink. Lisa comes up behind him, sneaks up behind him, puts a leash on him, and then makes a noise like, I then pulls him into the bedroom on his leash, at which point they take boudoir photos. (laughs) They take wedding-themed boudoir photos. You gotta see these I don't, like, what? She's wearing, like, she's wearing a bride's veil, and they're not sexy. No. They're posing in very awkward ways. They're posing like if you put the camera at one end of the room and then everyone else at the farthest other end of the room, like that you can't see them very well. <laughs> like the colors are so bad. This is their this is their sex. This there's, is their kink. There's one I screen capped and sent to Dan. It's they're like facing the same direction and he's behind <laughs> her and they're kind of half bent over, smiling. It's the most unorganic, uh, least sexual chemistry. Photo you've ever seen. I really honestly think you watch this actress have a breakdown in this movie. Yes, I, she, I don't believe it. She acts insane. And she's gotten a haircut somewhere along the line because now her hair is just good. <laughs> yes. So everything's good, right? Back at the pond, but the bubble sparks tell him now you need to <laughs> bubble you, sparks. The bubble sparks say you need to be a good husband. The greatest white rapper ever is Bubble Sparks. Bubble sparks. <laughs> 
So he's like, well, I got to provide. I got to provide for Lisa. I got to be, that's what a man does. So he wants to contact the agent who gave her the business card while they were in the discount club. He also decides to, he says he needs to put up some walls. For some reason, he decides to be a prick for a while. Yeah, he's like, I'm not into you. There's a scene of this actress shouting at a dog in public at a picnic in a park. (laughs) Why won't you talk to me? I'm having a hard day. And I just imagined all the anybody walking by going, that fucking woman is freaking out. <laughs> so he goes to the agent, yes. and he's going to do a dog food commercial. And who is the dog food CEO, the Titan? It's the lady earlier who Lisa would not sell the dress to. The far- farting woman. The farting woman. So this woman, who was also shopping at a discount clothing store, is the CEO of like a big dog food company that is going to put a commercial on television. And, and the sign outside this guy's thing says Dog Talent Agency. Funny and cute, and this isn't. This is where we get the immortal uh, line. Something happens to where Lisa and the dog split up, and the dog is in the parking lot sitting talking down. Talking to the bubble sparks. He's talking to bubble sparks? But this is where he's, he goes, Ah, my ass! That's just apropos of nothing. <laughs> that is so apropos of nothing. It's just a shot of him in the park, and he's just like, Ah, my ass! I mean, that's a line I've uttered, you know, right? once or twice a week. I was right there. With him. I was right there with him. But the bubble sparks tell Prince he needs to feel love. Okay. Which so is different than loving. Different than loving. <laughs> loving and being a good providing. And Prince, of course, has the retort, I'll feel love in bed. <laughs> that's the line. Meanwhile, his wife. There was an attempted rape. She committed. She attempted suicide. There's no thought of being tender to her as a dog, only as Prince. As the human, he's like, "I love you forever." Yes, you mean the most he's to me. So thoughtful and so sweet and so kind, and he's really yeah. And, as but the as dog, a dog, boy, he is a selfish prick. And we should say they're not married because in subsequent scenes, <laughs> they are told that they must get married right away. Okay, so this... I keep saying this is one of the strange scenes. That's every fucking scene. I can't keep doing it. I can't do it because this movie constantly tops itself. Lisa's friend Paula shows up, knocks on her door. So remember, Prince is a dog at night. Mm -hmm. Now, Prince is a a dog during the day, but at night, he's a man. Unless it's a scene filmed inside where there's sunlight coming through (laughs) and they pretend it's night. Yes, which is what they're doing in this scene. So it's night... Prince is around. Him and Lisa are, like, fooling around or something like that. Knock on the door. It's Lisa's friend, Paula. Paula's like, my car broke down. I need to stay here tonight. <laughs> what? Oh, that, what? Who does that? Who does that? This is a friend you've seen come over to her house several times. Why can't she just show up and be like, hey, I came to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. What's going on? I know. Just, my car, my broke, car down. broke down and I need to stay here tonight. And I need to shower right away. And she just goes right in to take a shower. Right in. Lisa's like, oh, my God. Prince is here. I'm trying to hide him. But the Lee, friend sees him. The, the friend who's trying to get her laid all the time. It was like, how dare you be a virgin? She finds Prince, and she is horrified. Horrified. She is so outraged that Lisa is not a virgin anymore. <laughs> and there is like two minutes of Paula, not like storming out, but two minutes of Paula hovering over Lisa and raining shit <laughs> down on her best friend. Like, I thought you were a virgin, and you're not. You're a liar. You don't tell me things. I'm so disappointed. You were such a goody-goody, perfect virgin princess. 
just this is her best fucking friend. Right. You just found out she is in love. Right. And you're angry because she's not a perfect virgin anymore. I know it sounds ridiculous because it's a talking dog cursed movie, but I'm picking apart. I'm like, no human being would act like this. One is like, I, I want to find true love. I want to find true love. Finds it. Doesn't share it with her best friend. The other one is like, you got to get laid. You got to get laid. She's getting laid. I'm mad at you for getting laid. <laughs> what? Is, What's wrong with you? If the curse doesn't play by any rules, neither do the, no, the, the characters. No one plays by any kind of rules. But Lisa yeah, just, of course, cries. We should mention Lisa crying is almost every other scene. Oh, yeah. Lisa breaks down crying almost all the time, all the time. Yeah. Especially as we get into this second half of the movie. Now. It really hits the same notes over and over and over in the second scene. It really does. So she's crying. Her Russian friend, what was the Russian friend? <laughs> Rita. Russian friend Rita. This woman. Now, I don't know the actress's name. I don't know her background. It was a choice to go with the Russian accent. Yes. Because <laughs> it, it drifts. This was not, this was not a, I have a Russian background, and we're going to do this and write it in the movie. No. This was a, I have no Russian background. What's Russia? I don't know <laughs> what that is. Um, action? This is <laughs> Russian by way of Los Feliz. This is... And Rita, there's a scene where she's running. She's jogging in a store for some reason. Yeah. Jogging through the dress store. And I mentioned Unsolved Mysteries, that one scene is lit like This is acting level of Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> Nin- circa 1992. So we were introduced to Rita a little bit earlier in the movie, just for like a couple of seconds. But now in this sequence, after uh, Lisa gets shit on by her Paula, and Paula runs out, and they're, they're not friends anymore, there are like three straight scenes of Lisa just popping out, or of uh, Rita just popping out at Lisa. Like, first of all, Rita just comes into the house like, hey, Lisa, we gotta do this. And then Lisa's like, no, no, no. And then they're out on the street and all of a sudden Rita's like, hey, Lisa, what did you do? And then she goes into the store and then it's like, hey, Lisa. Like, there's, it's the exact same scene. They yeah. did it three times in a row for some reason. Yeah. She kidnaps her at a liquor store one time. She does. This time, the third time, says, we're gonna take you out with your mom. I don't know what the relationship with her mom is. There's a weird thing happening where the mom has Rita only doing her moves for her. Yeah. And then Rita is the conduit between Lisa and her mom. Yeah, but then uh, Rita later cuts Lisa off from her mom. Rita is a cult leader. Yeah. And the mom is in the cult. <laughs> That's exactly it. So we find out that she's gonna go out to dinner with her mom. This was the mom who called earlier and was lit like a horror villain. The editing of the scene is so amazing because like, Lisa's like, what's happening? Rita just keeps popping up at her. And then she's like, we're going to go see your mom. And then, like, this car pulls up. We, I don't think we even know it's her mom yet. And as the car pulls up, we just hear the Bob say, Lisa! <laughs> like, in this very <laughs> shrill sort of a way. It's just, like, driving up, Lisa! <laughs> so they go to dinner. Uh, and there's a lot of dancing. It's dinner and dancing. And a man walks up to Lisa and asks Lisa to dance. You want to dance? So they're dancing. Another dude literally, like... Like, not just, may I cut in, grabs her yeah. and, and tr- pulls her away from the other guy. Now he's dancing. And then another guy does the same thing. And then she's being yanked all over the floor by these guys. She's like, what the hell's going on? And it turns out mom and Rita paid all these guys to pretend to fight over her? No. Or not pay even, them to... Just dance. ask her to dance. <sighs> so this is where I thought these guys got together. They're like, hey, did you get paid by them to dance with her? Yeah, I did. So I'm like, all right. I don't want to actually dance with her. Let's cause a fight yeah. within 10 seconds. 
and it'll be revealed. <laughs> we'll get our money, and we don't have to dance with Lisa. <laughs> yeah, it's happened so fast. There's a fight all of a sudden, and then they're still kind of like, hey, Lisa, hey, Lisa, as even after she realizes it was her mom and Rita right. who paid them to do it. So Lisa runs out of the restaurant. She's heartbroken. She runs away. We get a shot of her running and crying in slow motion. In slow motion. And what do we hear on the soundtrack? Lisa! Lisa! Oh, they reuse shots several times <laughs> yes. in this movie. The dog scratching itself. So finally, Mom catches up with Lisa. Because yeah. apparently she, that 80-yard line was her running after Lisa. So Lisa, warmed by this, tells Mom about Prince. Tells Mom and Rita about Prince. And she's like, yeah, come and meet Prince. The, the, the boyfriend she was trying to hide from everybody. Yeah, mom's got a bit of a past. Yes. <laughs> Lisa spills the beans about Prince, and they agree to meet him the next day. Well, Lisa is like, let's have a meeting at night. This is so funny. Mom in a stunning... I mean, you thought the dog improv was good? Mom in a stunning bit of improv says, Oh, how about in the morning? I have a plane booked in the afternoon. I have a plane booked? I have a plane booked. Oh, wait. Tuesday, Tuesday morning? Tuesday morning is good. Wednesday morning, I'm going to be just in a plane? I, I have a plane <laughs> book. <laughs> I'm in a plane. I have a plane book. But all's okay because Rita can call and cancel the reservations <laughs> the night before. this. Because Rita transcends all time and space. Absolutely. On their first meeting, so they have a meeting, Mom and Rita basically command her within 30 seconds of meeting Prince to get married. Yes. And they're like, are you getting, how about, she goes, how about in the morning? Because <laughs> like, my, my plane booked 10 for the next day. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. That's the, they're just like, we need you to get married at 10 a.m. And then we hear this thing about how Lisa's father abandoned her mom. Oh, yeah. they were supposed to get married. Mom just brings that out. And abandoned her at, quote, the license bureau. <laughs> Book a play to the license bureau. The license bureau sounds like a movie like Kevin Spacey would have been in. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Woo! But Prince doesn't show up. You know why? He's a dog. It's the day. No, but he does show up, but he shows up as a dog. He does show and up. says, I tried. He does show up and say, I tried. So good. But mom, of course, is like, I don't see a man here. Wait. So she says, why didn't he show up? Why? Answer me. Why? And they tell this jilted bride, heartbroken, just about to get married, go find a new man. <laughs> now. Do it now. We we got the license bureau holding the license. <laughs> just get a man. Just get a man. Anything with a penis and testicles yeah. that identifies Anything as a male. That's a man during the day. <laughs> <laughs> we need a day man. And so heartbroken by this, Prince says, I'm so depressed, I need Kung Pao, man. Kung Pao! What? That is... What the fuck? That's how I know that this is... Like, that wasn't Fen Chan or Jennifer Fen no. or anyone who had any like, creative thing to do with it. That was so clearly a... Like, 
Kung Pao? Kung Pao, that's the Fen Chan line that she wanted in her story? Like, no. Somebody no. said, okay, that dog is sad here. Just say something. Yes. I'm so depressed I need Kung Pao. He was probably having Kung Pao chicken. The guy was hungry. On that's set. all he was. He was just like, I want some Kung Pao. Yeah. yeah, there it is. And then overcut of that is the ADR line of Lisa going, I'm leaving. And you see a car drive off. <laughs> and she cries. Fuck. But so, they're still together. They're and, still together. And he's mooning about how he's failed her. And she says, out of kind of just out of nowhere, she said, you've suffered enough. And I felt like she was talking to the audience. <laughs> like, movie over? Okay. Now we have the Rita Dizzy spell scene. So they're still together because Rita comes over to the apartment and does some very clever scheming to get left alone in this apartment. I'll be honest, I couldn't tell if this was sinister or if she's just a bad actress and I couldn't delineate her motivation. But she gives some weird story how Lisa needs to take her car and drive away from the place. Her mom's in the car. She came up... (laughs) So (laughs) She was getting dizzy, so she stopped the car, came up to Lisa's apartment... Now Lisa needs to leave the apartment. <laughs> like, now you need to leave. And she's like, are you sure I'm going to the hospital? No, no, no. I just need to stay here for a little bit alone by myself. This is effective storytelling, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's so good. So anyway, Lisa, being stupid as shit, buys this story. And yes. it's like, all right, well, that, that sounds credible to me. Uh, she leaves and Rita starts poking around the apartment looking for... She, she tails Prince and interrogates him. And Prince is a man at this time. And yeah. it's just interrogating him about his bank account, yeah. his job. Like She's a cult leader, and she wants to know this information because <laughs> she wants to get him into the cult. But it's like, I know this is hard to believe, Dan, <laughs> but this is all one cut. Yeah. This is all, this is a track, this is Goodfellas Ooh. Copacabana, this yeah. is 1917. <laughs> this is a feat. They go in and out of rooms in that apartment. Yeah. All one scene. Amazing. Amazing. One take. Stuff. It's amazing. So she... Basically, she corners him and she chases him. He he runs away. He runs away, turning into a a dog because he's going to turn into a dog. A tail pops out because I mean, wasn't it day this entire time? So so she came over pre dawn. (sighs) (laughs) What? She tracks Lisa down. Who's Lisa is apparently working the night shift at this dress shop because it's midnight and she's you know just taking Uh, orders at the dress shop. Rita tracks you down and says, your mom's not going to talk to you anymore mm-hmm. if you're not talking to me. Yeah. Because Rita gets up in her business. But she chases Prince into the bathroom as, as he's oh. about to change it. And if you recall, there's... <laughs> I don't want to call it a special effect because we just see... as He's he's supposed to be just changing. And as the actor runs into the bathroom, we see sticking out of the back of his pants a prop tail. There's like a sock for There's him. just a little prop tail. So he's like, he's about to change. And he runs into the bathroom and locks the door, but comes out as a dog, and he's like, what the he hell? Comes out as Michael J. Fox's dad, Teen Wolf. <laughs> so Lisa, yeah, Lisa tells Rita to bug off. Rita tells Lisa, no more mom for you. Uh, there's a lot of crying. There's another dog song. There's more duck songs. We get a Chinese art display. There's Chinese art, sure. Now Lisa, again, they're just still together. Yeah. Right? They seem to have broken up like 12 times, but they're just still together. Okay, so the kid's subplot, now it's gone. That's gone. Now the subplot Bye-bye. is, I have a big meeting with my boss. 
And I need a promotion. The only way I can get a promotion. It's not through work. It's because I have a husband or a good boyfriend. She now, after hiding Prince, she now is demanding that Prince meet her new boss. Her new boss, old boss, same boss. Meet the new boss, boss, same as the old boss. Doesn't matter. So she pouts, I want to get promoted. This is my only chance to become department manager. Please help me reach my goal. That's her fucking goal in life, is to be department manager. <laughs> but suddenly, there's this new rule about cloudy days versus sunny days. That's right. That, that gets brought out. So they can go out to this party because it's going to be cloudy out. If it's sunny, he'll transform. If not, he'll just be a human. So he gets overcast so he can go. This party that she's talking about, of like going to her boss's house. Five people? You, you would thought, like, oh, this is like a big work party kind of thing. The way she was hyping it up. It's, it's, a, it's just a boss and his family. It's a boss, a wife, and a kid. And, and the kid his, is like 30. In his backyard, yes. And it's, it's, it's pure daylight. It's just, it is. They're just sitting in shadow. So Prince can be a man. He's great. He's wowing. The, the, the dialogue is amazing. Yeah, oh. So there's the boss and the wife, and they're two kids. The boss and the wife instantly just start shitting on their kids. It's like, <laughs> boy, you should be more like this Prince guy. But I bet you're not terrible to your uh, parents, are you, Prince? <laughs> Stuff like that. At which point the daughter says, Dad, I'm a medical doctor. <laughs> I'm a medical doctor. And the other kid immediately chimes in with, I want to be a movie star. <laughs> So I'm a medical doctor. I, again, that is not, this is such an English second language. That's it. That's it's it. Like, it's, it's, it's it's water ponds. It's medical water ponds. It's no. like this is not how. And the other kid just wants to be a movie star. Do you also notice that their names are Mark and Lisa? <laughs> Were they? Why not? So many immigrants think Mark and Lisa. The room. Lola uh, leash. <laughs> so. In the greatest special effects you'll ever see in a movie, Prince, the clouds move and Sun Prince comes out. becomes a dog. When that happens, Lisa Pratt falls into the pool. She doesn't like trip. She runs straight into the pool, which prompts Prince the dog to start going, I'm Alvin Flang. I'm Alvin Flang. And negs the shit out of her. Yeah, so he's like, okay, you're drowning. But I'm, I'm going to save you, but I'm going to gripe the entire time. He's, he's basically like, while he's saving her from drowning, like, how come you can't swim? <laughs> like, why can't you do that? And finally, as he grabs her, comes to her, she grabs hold of his back, and he yells, he says to her, grab on, you pizza-faced cinder block. Pizza-faced cinder block. There's a story about how their love transcends fucking species. <laughs> And when he sees about to die, he's like, you pizza face cinder block. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> oh, fuck. The movie broke me at this part. I mean, yeah. it, it just broke me. No, absolutely. And it broke Lisa, too, because she cries again. That's it. It's Understandably just... this time, because that is some cruel-ass shit. You monster prince. He, he becomes... So, now we have shots of Prince... As a man, and he's wearing a robe. This robe. And his hair now is dyed to match the robe? And he just talks about how he's failed Lisa. And he decides to become a dog forever. Yes. 
So he leaves and uh, becomes a dog with more uh, pond effects. They're yeah. not at the pond. They're on the staircase. Well, he also kind of brings up this notion that apparently, again, this is just new rules yeah. are coming up in, all the time. He can die and be reborn as a human. If, if they can't make this, you know, they can't find a loophole to transform him back, he can die, yeah. come back as a human, and he will just find Lisa when he's human. Shockingly, Lisa does not go for that idea. She's like, not into it. So, he leaves, there's more crying, there's another dog song, and then the sparkles, the, bu- f- the bubble sparkles say, true love is sacrifice. We get flashbacks to another dog. <laughs> it's not the same dog, dog frolicking yeah. in a park. So Prince decides, holy shit, I'm in love with Lisa, I'm going to run back to Lisa. So he runs back, he sees Lisa across the street. I knew this was going to happen. Runs into the street, whammo, hit by the car, dog dead. She had to see it, too. She saw it, too. So, of course, she sits over him and cries and all this stuff. Title card, years later. Oh, but, but we skipped the part where she goes and visits her mom. And now her mom's dying for some reason. Her mom has the pallor of, like, Mark Zuckerberg. She's, like, the Tin Man. She's laying in bed, and she has this wild-eyed, vacant look. And Rita's there. And she's explaining to her that she's never going to love again. Do you remember that scene? It's fucking nuts. <laughs> Sorry. Rita there's so much, like, there's so much we could not possibly talk about. This really is one of those ones where you could, like... You can pick up a whole show on, on one minute of the fucking movie. Uh, yeah, every you know scene. I mean? Yeah. Every fucking... Movie. So... Title card years later. Years later. Lisa is older. She has been transformed through some amazing makeup effects. You mean some uh, gray in her hair? Definitely <laughs> bad wig. She's still living alone in the same apartment. And I don't know who shows up, but Paula! <laughs> Again, all we know is years later. So we have no... Uh, like, Paula comes 20, in and Paula, years later. She's wearing a very tasteful uh, shoulder-padded uh, suit dress. And she's like... I got my grandkids with... Oh, she's, like, surprised to see her. Somehow she forgot her friend used to live at this place. <laughs> well, she says that she saw the for rent sign. Uh, I guess while driving around with her grandkids and was like, I'll go check this out. Paula is a grandmother. Like, what? At first, they come with the kids and you're like, oh, Paula has kids now. These kids are, like, eight years old. And then you're like, oh, no, those are her grandkids. And, this yeah. is supposed to be, like, 40 years later. And they're all, like, I mean, some of these kids are, like, six months apart. I don't, I can't figure out the, the math on how these kids <laughs> And then she introduces all her grandkids. So we're like, holy fuck, they're grandkids. She tells the kids to go play. Then the very next thing you see is her and Lisa on the couch with a blanket over them, drinking wine, looking through photo albums. Those kids are fucking bored as shit. Where did those kids go? There's nothing for them here. Not even a dog, for fuck's sake. This leads to an amazing exchange where Lisa is saying that... Lisa's basically saying, you know, I'm, I'm still, I, I never loved again, and I'm still hoping that Prince is going to come back, and we'll just be together again. And, but Lisa's like, there's this confusion about how old Prince is going to be when he comes back. And uh, Lisa's like, yeah, he'll just, we'll be the same age, and they'll be great. And then uh, Paula's like, well, no, he's, he's going to, when he gets reborn, he'll, he'll start from the age of, of being reborn. <laughs> Lisa's like, I never of it like that <laughs> like you had 40 years to think about I think story. that shot was done later after they filmed the scene at the end with uh, him coming back to her yeah because they came back and they were like wait why was he like what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she's confused about it a guy walks in 
There's a place for rent. Oh, but I don't get Oh, but of course it's Prince. Duh. He says, I have a dog training business, and naturally it's very successful. <laughs> yes. Prince is a prick. He's such a dick. But they declare their love for her. Prince remembers her. She remembers him. Magic makes him old. And then? They get married. At which point, magic makes both of them young. They then look at the camera like for a long trapped time. prisoners, yes. <laughs> like trying to make some kind of human connection. <laughs> the end. The end. That's it. That's, I mean, recap that ending again. So <laughs> Lisa has wait, Prince dies. Lisa waits presumably 40 years. At least. Because, again, Paula has grandkids. She didn't even have kids. No, she wasn't tied down. So let's say 30 to 40 years, right? She waits several decades for Prince to come back. Prince comes back as a younger version of Prince. And when they declare love for her, when they declare their love for each other, he becomes old. She stays old. Next scene, they get married in a ceremony by themselves, officiated by no one. <laughs> At which point, magic now makes both of them young again. The end. <laughs> what? The, like, what? The, the, the lack of rules, the lack of any continuity. That's or not even or the hardest logic. to comprehend thing in the movie. No, Every no. scene you can pick apart like this. It's. But luckily, we get some bleeps, bloops, and behind the scenes, whack-a-bucks. Which are just basically people yelling at the dog. Somehow. Trying to get it to do things it does not want to do. Somehow the bloopers for this movie weren't just the whole movie again. (laughs) Anyone saying anyone. But that's it. That's the end. Yeah, we get a uh, few kind of cute shots of animal cruelty on set. Yeah. The, the, The credits are less than one minute long. Yeah. (laughs) It's <laughs> amazing. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. How did you do that? The old adage in Hollywood: you never make a movie with kids, animals, or Fenchow. <laughs> R.I.P. But that's it, Corky. That's the end of the movie. Wow. That is the end of the movie. Any last thoughts before we give our rating? Well, I think we announced last week. There's some big changes that came to Dare Daniel in 2020, and I think another big. Changes that we're now a true crime podcast because this movie almost fucking killed me. This movie tried and almost fucking killed me. Yeah, it is. It's wild. I gotta say, I, I I did go on a bit of a journey with this one because you start the movie and you're like, holy crap, I can't watch this. I just can't. I can't watch this. I can't, can't watch an hour and a half of this. Yeah, it's impossible. And you just kind of like you grit through it. You get through it. I, I, I read someone, one of the bloggers who had reviewed this movie, like only bloggers and podcasters have reviewed yeah. There are no film critics. There's no reviews on Rotten Tomatoes or Medicare. There's no genuine audience for this movie. No. was like, oh, I love that movie. I tell my friends about it. But I, I read one person who had a good point, which is that you have to learn how to watch this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have to kind of come on to it, what it is doing. Like, you can't just say... I'm here, this is a movie, and it's going to do movie things that I expect a movie to do. Yeah. Like, you have to completely relearn how to watch movies in order to watch Love on a Leash. And I would say, after a while, I was just like, I was so up and down with this movie, like, I would just burst into laughter, yeah. hilarious laughter, and then other times it was just pure torture. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, this is, like, filmmaking unlike anything you've ever seen before, except... <laughs> I don't know. It's it student films and stuff like that, but like those have some kind of purpose to them, right? This is such a weird mix of like super basic filmmaking technique type stuff, but also complete incompetence at the same time. <laughs> so it's just it's 
a stunning bit of cinema. So nothing like it. That no. is for damn sure. No. So quirky ratings for Love Unleashed to remind everybody we give a bad film, run-of-the-mill bad film, a dare, truly bad film, a double dare, and a movie that we actually like is a reverse dare. Quirky, what do you give Love Unleashed? I think I'm going to go reverse dare on this one because I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this again. I'm going to show it to people. I'm, I had fun with how fucking bananas. Yeah. I mean, I use that term a lot. I say bananas bonkers. I say we, the worst movies we've watched. This by far takes the cake this, of all that stuff. It, it transcends actual filmmaking and just goes like, this is like a, this is an experience. It, it is confounding. It yeah. really is confounding. And because there's almost no information about how did this movie happen, it's even more confounding. You know what I mean? Like, you, some of you think, how did this get made? But there's a whole backstory to it. Yeah. There's a whole thing where you're like, well, yeah, this guy and this, I mean, yeah, these people have whole careers and things. You can look back and there's a ramping up to this. What? This movie just came out of nowhere. This movie feels like if, like, an alien race observed human behavior and culture for like 20 minutes, <laughs> then went back to its own plan and was like, eh, I think I understand the intricacies I, of human interaction. I get how it goes. Yeah, I'm going to write this into a cute romantic comedy. Because this movie just arrives like out of nowhere. It, it arrives in a place where it, it doesn't seem to have any connection to yeah. the earth as we know it. I can't imagine people listening to this podcast who haven't seen this movie will be like, oh yeah, I get what that movie's about. Oh, no. You, Even watching it, you won't get what it's about. You don't. You never will. What was your final rating? I gotta go double dare because it really is the most horrible thing ever. But at the same time, it's a it's a double dare, reverse dare. It's that, yeah. like I said, it's the reverse bell curve where you can't give it anything but the best of the worst. Never would you dare this movie. Yeah. It's not it, a dare. It's somewhat Battlefield Earth-like yeah. in that way. There's no way to be have a mixed reaction to it. Yeah. You need to have an extreme reaction to this movie. <laughs> you can't possibly be a human being and have some sort of a mix like, eh, some good stuff, some bad stuff, you know. <laughs> it did some things. Let's see what Didn't do other things. <laughs> all right, so that's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel, but we'll be back in two weeks to review another of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Corky, yeah. where can people find you roaming around, singing songs about Kung Pao Chicken? In these dog days of winter of 2020, you can find me at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. I will be rolling around doing my one-man improv show, A Dog's Tale. Corky McDonald cruising the streets looking for love. <laughs> That sounds good. Oh, hey, let, I want to say, I asked some people on social media to give us their best taglines based on the fucking oh, very yeah. pixelated movie poster. And Charlie Lemke, a uh, devoted listener to the Lemke family, gave me the best one I thought it was Homeward Pound. Homeward Pound. <laughs> Just based on <laughs> that. That works on so many levels. It's so it's good. Because so dog pound, but also the dog is pounding her <laughs> sexually. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie Lemke, for that offer. And thank you, everybody, for participating in that little quiz. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is not Johnny Flores. Self-produced, baby. Yeah. This is a McDonald Barnes production. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, Ah! My ass! Woof. <laughs>